Welcome back to Pop Topic. We're here to discuss all the latest news and trends for the third week of September 2021. I'm your co-host, Quentin Phillipson, and to help break everything down this week, we have Tristan. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. So uh, anything new with you, Tristan? Have you done anything or watched anything recently worth of note? I really haven't. I haven't. I haven't been doing too much. Mostly just been watching this Lucy in the Circle that started a couple days ago. That. Uh, Did you watch a lot uh, of reality TV mostly? I haven't really watched any movies even. Just reality TV. <laughs> just reality. Yeah, you're living in your own world there, Tristan. In all reality. And I love it. Yeah. Oh, uh, so you saw the first four episodes of the Circle, was it? No, I think just the first three. I'm pre- I for sure have at least one more episode to watch. I think maybe one and a half. I don't know if I finished the third episode or not. And no quick thoughts. So, good or bad? I mean, I I don't dislike. You seem to really not like it from from what I picked up. Yeah, I I, the, I watched all four now. Uh, the last episode and a half, you know, it calmed me down a bit. But yeah, I hated the second episode. It's too emotionally connected to my queen, and so yeah, I, I was very upset. But I've calmed down. I'm I'm okay. Oh, you didn't like how who went home because of the twist? I didn't like it. It was a poor innocent old woman. She was picked on. It felt like bullying. Everyone was calling her fake. It was insulting. I felt bad. I I, I felt really bad for her. Yeah, I I do, but I I kind of love the the two that that replaced her that stayed. I well I, <laughs> I I thought they were funny, but I told Andrew I was like if they picked anyone else. To bully, I would have been okay with it. But the fact that it was some 50-year-old woman, I, I felt so bad, and I hated them because of it. So I, I, I don't the, like them. The, I love them. If they picked anyone the else, though, it would have been great. It's the circle this season, there's two... Uh, yeah, they're sisters, right? Yeah, yeah, it's the sisters, yeah. Two sisters uh, that are playing together. And I think it's hilarious, because they're like Timon and Pumbaa. <laughs> where they're both stupid. They're both, yeah. Neither one of them are particularly smart. But they both think one of them is super intelligent. And the other one knows she's pretty dumb. And so whatever, the slightly smarter one, who, of course, the dumber one ends up being a little smarter than the one who they both think is really smart. And so whatever she, she says anything, they both think it's genius. And yeah. it's almost always the exact opposite thing to do. Yeah, And yeah. I find it hilarious. Yeah, it, that is how it, it works. Yeah, the, the, there's, both the sisters are pretty dumb. But the one that's the dumbest keeps thinking... That she's, she's got these smart. great ideas, and the other one believes her. Like they both have the, <laughs> they both are under the understanding that one of them is the genius, and they're both completely off because her ideas are terrible. But they both listen to this one, like she's got uh, the voice of an angel. She she knows exactly what's going on, and she has no freaking clue. I love it when the one they think is stupider, the blonde one, she gets things right. She's looking at like this picture that they had to like explain this picture, and she looks at this, oh. That, I'm pretty sure she's holding a bass there. And then it was, no, that's not a bass. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, she's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and then there was a bass. Like, everything she's saying is correct. And the other one's like, no, you're, you're wrong. You're completely off. Yeah. And so they go with what she says because she's a smarter one. Yeah. I love it. I love their relationship. It's like Timon and Pumbaa in yeah. real life. So then the sister was hilarious. like, yeah, so the sister was like, I knew it was a bass. Should have listened to me. And this, you know, quote unquote, smart sister, according to the two of them, was like, what do you want me to do? It's a bass. Get over it. <laughs> They're hilarious. Yeah, they, they, they're they really funny. Man, I die when the two of them are like, oh, let's throw wigs on. She won't recognize us. She won't recognize I absolutely died. I, 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 I really love how they purposely brought wigs because that was their game plan. They had this big strategy where they won't recognize you if you put the wig on. Yeah, yeah, it, it was fantastic. Yeah, they, they were really surprised that uh, she caught on. Yeah, yeah, she picked up immediately. Yeah, I was like, she's 50. She's not dead. I don't know how you wouldn't think she would notice this. Yeah, she's not blind. She yeah. can see. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, there you go. Yeah, that's a quick update for the circle, which I feel like no one but the two of us are watching right now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It was like no, top 10 in Canada the, the other day, Matt. Yeah. I was going to take it. Okay, let's do a quick side. How honest do we think that really is? Because that's always the Netflix originals. Do we think Netflix just likes to pretend theirs is always on top? Um, yeah, probably. No, but in all fairness, I like, I know a lot of the time, say when they, I think the Five Bloods was a good example. Like, I think that made like number seven for one day and then it went off. Like sometimes they have big releases that they expect to be big hits and they just like barely even make it to the top 10, if at all. You know, when Netflix has a big miss, like a swing and a miss that doesn't be as big of a success as they're hoping. 
So I think the fact that we see them miss sometimes, maybe they do that just to appease skeptics like us, Clinton. But I, <laughs> yeah. I think the fact that they show they miss sometimes makes me think they're honest. That they've had Coco Melon in the top ten for like a year now. That thing like never leaves. It might leave for like one week and then come back on the next day. Like Coco Melon is in top ten forever, and it is some god awful children's show. I think made in like Russia or something, and it's not nor it's not Netflix original at all. So like, and that's always in the top ten. So I feel like it's pretty honest. Yeah, no, I'm mostly just teasing. Uh, just mostly for the fact that I think their Netflix originals are always on top because they're always promoting it as soon as they open the page. So I think it's just natural. That's 100. Yeah, the yeah. reason why they're always the top is because yeah, it's the easiest to click on. They always promote yeah, it's it. It's right always in your face. So yeah, yeah I'm mostly teasing. Absolutely. I understand how the algorithm works. I know that they shove it in your face so like everybody's gonna throw it on watch 10 minutes and maybe not think it's for them it's still going to count as a view so it's going to be in the top 10 yeah so not for, this is yeah. the third season of a tv show though so you got to think at this point either a people have heard of the circle and scroll past it and they don't want to watch it or b they click on and see oh this is season three whatever and they go back to season one or they just ignore it and keep moving past it or people like me and you go oh there's a new season of the circle which i didn't even know was happening i didn't even hear it was confirmed for season three uh, I, I kind of went on Netflix one day, and boom, there it was. Yeah, they did not advertise this one at all. Like, it literally just appeared. No, I remember, like, I remember seeing, like, promos and stuff for season two before it was coming out. I was getting pretty excited for it. Season three, I went on one day, and there it was. I'm like, oh, no idea. Yeah, yeah, this one, they didn't show too much about it. Uh, I did kind of sneak up. I knew about it pretty much right away, because, you know, I'm following the circle. I got to get my circle fill. I like that show, but... Yeah, I would, you know, it was not heavily promoted, unlike most of their other stuff. Because they already know so many people are going to watch it anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Save the marketing money for risky projects. Exactly. And plus, it's cheap to make. It's the same building every time. It's the same building. Yeah. They're, they're I think it's the same game. building that, like, the UK one uses. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 no, this building's in Europe, yeah. Yeah, I think it's in the UK, because it was originally a UK show. Yep. And it still is. Um, and then Netflix bought the... North American rights to it or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And there's multiple different country versions of it, and they're all in the same building. Like, they all fly up to this building every time. Yeah. Which I think is pretty cool. I kind of like how they're all at the same spot. They can't put a big metal circle on another brick building, Clinton. That'd be too difficult. <laughs> no, too much work. Too much. Um, but anyways, uh, so going on to uh, kind of the top story, a really big film that just came out the last two weeks was chong shi uh which was huge uh when it came out it was the number one film for the labor day weekend tristan of all time of all time yeah and it completely blew the uh the original number out of the water it uh i feel like it's gonna be number one for a while for labor day weekend we'll say that pandemic be damned we still setting records yeah that is pretty crazy that yeah uh, it wasn't even close like i think over double the second highest for the weekend of all time. But the the movie had just beaten off fairness was only uh, 2018 because it was Halloween, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think I think just recently we've started to see Labor Day weekend become an actual box office weekend, and of course this year because of all the delays of you know the early summer release movies, they push them right back. Uh, like normally we won't have big Marvel box office movies opening Labor Day weekend, no. right? Normally you don't got much opening Labor Day weekend. You get like a horror movie maybe some crappy animated film and that'd be it right so i think the reason why we've had a big labor day weekend opening time is because we had actual big budget films like shang chi pushed right back until september um and now we're finally getting these big box office hits that we're, we were waiting for yeah and i'm pretty sure at least for north america uh, this was the biggest open uh we've probably had since the pandemic has started like this was a huge i think opening. black widow is still number one am i wrong on that now okay i, I think black widow still be there Okay, I was actually about to just ask, uh, if it did do better than Black Widow, is this like a tick on Scar Joe's uh, little tally here on, well, we probably would have done better if uh, Marvel didn't, or if Disney didn't screw us with the day-to-day release. True, but in all fairness, I think the pandemic's worse now than it was when, when Black Widow came out, so that one should have had the better opening. Yeah. No, and yeah, that was also have. the first big Marvel release since, uh, the you know, the pandemic and... It's also part of a, like, you know, we know Black Widow. Yeah. She's a known property. No, I, most people have never even heard of Shang-Chi. I don't even know what its superpowers are, to be honest. It's something to do with rings, and that's all I know. Yeah, and, and we know who Scarlett Johansson is. We do not know much about the cast for this film. 
Exactly. Yeah. So there's a lot of factors that go into that. And once again, this isn't normally a big uh, box office season. September normally isn't when a lot of people are going out to theaters. It's the first week of school. Most people have other things going on in their lives and head out to the movie theaters. So the fact that this one was able to do so good in off-season during a pandemic with an unknown cast, with a relatively new character, and still set records is very impressive. Of course, it's still part of Marvel. It's still the Marvel banner, the big right. you know marketing push by Marvel, the, you know. So it's got, it's got lots of name recognition. This isn't some, you know, indie film or small project that managed to do this, but it's still impressive nonetheless. Right. Yeah, I'm not here saying I'm surprised it did well. I'm more so surprised it did just as good, if not better, than Black Widow, which has everything stacked in its favor in comparison. But yeah, it's, it's got the MCU title on it. Uh, it's got the marketing uh, price tag that every uh, Disney film has now. So yeah, it was not a surprise to me. It did well. It was just not as, it did better than I thought. It did incredibly well. Yeah, it did better than most people thought, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was was pretty shocked as to how well it really went. Um, But it's definitely probably from the word of mouth, uh, because I don't know if you knew this new information here, Tristan, but this is the Number one superhero film from audience rankings on Rotten Tomatoes. I I did hear that, yeah. Which is crazy. So yeah, this is uh, more beloved than Dark Knight by the audience's standards. True. Oh, Dark Knight, I'm pretty sure, is third, though, overall. Isn't that, I'm pretty sure Into the Spider-Verse is number two. That's the one that just edged out. Yeah. Crazy. Have you seen Pink Shi yet? You have, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the pre-screen for it. So I saw a few days before it came out. Right, so I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I tried to get Andrew to watch it. Uh, and I was trying to use the same strat that I did for Suicide Squad when I was like, hey, Andrea, this movie's going to be in the top 20 box office, so we're going to have to watch it anyways for the podcast. You might as well just watch it with me opening week together in the theaters. Like, this will be great. And Andrew was like, nice try, Quentin. You did that with Suicide Squad and that movie bombed. And I watched a superhero movie for no reason, you scumbag. I'm not going to do it a second time and I'm not going to watch it this week. So unfortunately, she's going to have to watch it some other way because uh, this is definitely going to be in the top 20. But yeah, I watched it with a friend instead. Yeah, it's most definitely going to be top 20. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I like how I, I thought Suicide Squad was too. Unfortunately, it wasn't, but... Yeah, this one's making top 20 for sure. This is might be the number one film of the year. Uh, we'll see how it, the rest of the year t- goes down. Uh, I think Spider-Man will be number one, but this will be, no- will be number two, I think. Yeah, it seems that way. Yeah, and uh, I think this film's great. I, I, I really liked it. I'm not going to get into too heavy of spoilers because one, this is a brand new movie, and two, Tristan hasn't seen it, obviously. Um, but, but I like it. I, I, I had a good time watching it. It looks really good. I'm really excited for it. Yeah, uh, the audience, I watched it in a full-packed theater for the pre-screening. Uh, they, they, they were eating it up. I feel like I liked it way less than everyone else in the room because they were like, people loved it. I feel this like movie. you just have really bad opinions. Going Maybe, like yeah. You... People were totally enamored with the jokes. I thought like 80% of the time the jokes missed for me. But there were a few, there, there were a few pretty solid jokes. Humor, yeah, maybe. You pretty believe that Big Lebowski, the Big Lebowski is funnier than Superbad. So you uh, yeah, yeah, I, I stand by that. I, I well, that is a terrible. Well, actually, actually, movie. sorry, sorry. I, I think we keep mixing my words right here. I think it's a better movie, but I think Superbad's funnier. Does that make sense? Like, I like the story and like just the characters better in. Big Lebowski. If it's funnier, it means it's the better movie or well, comedy. Means, okay, it means it's the better comedy. It doesn't mean it's the better movie. It's the better. Okay, well, did, it, uh, did you not fair, see Fogel's performance? Did you see that performance for McLovin? McLovin's you haven't seen anything like it. I'm not, You're still recovering. This is not a super bad uh, debate here. I love super bad. I'm not here to shit on it. I don't know how this turned into a super bad debate. It always turns into a debate on super bad. Yeah, on I guess so. Version. But yeah, I thought the jokes were fine. What I liked was the action. I think this is probably Marvel's best action film, like action sequences. Uh, and uh, honestly, uh, maybe I'm just not thinking of that many marvel films but it's not even close compared to like i'm thinking of like captain marvel or the guardians or like even infinity war like i just think the action in this one is a uh, really fun are you supposed really to be talking like 1v1 action uh yeah yeah like yeah just like the choreography and yeah 1v1 action scenes like in a big multiplayer like like the end the battle in the end game was obviously phenomenal 
but then of course there's also Civil um not Civil War Winter Soldier, which I always love the knife fight in, in Winter Soldier. Yeah, or the elevator scene. I, I, that, I the think elevator Winter, scene, yeah. And I, Winter Soldier will probably be my number one going into this movie. It's probably pretty close to that. I, I like the the quick movements. I think the the characters and just the, the way they're fighting against each other. Uh, even the powers in this one, Chang-Chi, I think it works well for the fighting style. You just actually see people fighting. It's cool. So I, I don't yeah. know what the powers are. Yeah, yeah, and I won't... I'll do a laser uh, blast or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, Endgame has like, a, you know, the final battle's awesome, but I wouldn't say the fighting sequences are awesome. Like, it's just, you know, like alien. Yeah, I mean, when you get to that fighting. size, right? Yeah. You, you miss, miss a lot of the details you get in 1v1 fights. It's yeah. just two massive cgi armies going at it, right? That's true. Where, I mean, that's course, why, it's yeah. great. But there's, you can't really call it choreography. They're right. kind of just running into one another for yeah. the most part. I, I, honestly, I would not be surprised if the Russo brothers in Endgame. It's just like, honestly, just flail your arms. No one's going to notice when we're doing Yeah, just, just run forward and swing your arms around yeah. and make mean faces. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, we do widescreen shots. We're CGIing all the aliens you're fighting. Uh, we'll make it work. Just do whatever. Yeah. Don't worry, we'll figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll wing it, guys. I got a bunch of editors in the background. Yeah, they They're don't, don't plan these things ahead of time. They go, ah, we'll figure out what we can Yeah, do. exactly. Um, so yeah, I think Chang-Chi, uh, Winter Soldier might be a close second. I do uh, like a lot of the scenes from that. But yeah, this one, for people that just like to see cool action sequences like John Wick or, uh, you know, some old Bruce Yeah, I was about to ask, how does it compare to John Wick? Uh, yeah, it'd be stuff like that, I would say. Um... John looks better because there's more of it and it's more like epic. and also more violent yeah exactly uh in this one like they have to hold back to a certain length because this is a film for people to watch with their kids so it's nothing like crazy like John Wick but uh Chang-Chi the action sequences is awesome and uh, the villain's awesome too I, I really liked him as well so uh, overall I, I had a good time I think the villain is awesome he might have been in my top three if uh, he didn't, like, get super lame halfway through. But, like, for the most Whoa, part... Oh, spoilers. Well, you, okay, you, what, spoiler that the villain gets kind of lame at times. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. But, like, for the most part, I think he's really cool. And I didn't realize it going in. I'm sure you won't know who he is, Tristan. But I was watching the movie, and the biggest blindside of the night was I realized, holy shit, this is Tony Yang from the uh, Wong Kar Wai films from China. Uh, and he's like uh, a super well-known Chinese actor. And I've seen a bunch of his films a month ago. I was binging the one, the one car. Why, uh, you know, like all of his films and he's in most of those and he's fantastic. He's a very well-regarded actor. So I had no idea he was in a Marvel film. I was blown away that it was him, but he's a great, I don't actor. know who that is. Yeah. He's a really good actor. Uh, might be my favorite Chinese actor and to have him in this movie. He was awesome. He was really cool. Uh, I liked it. Yeah, it's a good movie. I think you'll really like it, Tristan. I um, think I'm going to like it. It seems like my kind of movie. Yeah. I hate the third act, but that's just me, I guess, because everyone else seems to think this is the best superhero film of all time. But, you know, uh, whatever. That's good. Uh, this would not talk. This would not crack my top 20 superhero films, but, like, it might crack my top 50. It's, it's, it's pretty fun. I had a good time. It won't crack your top 20. No, oh. top 20? There's a lot of superhero films, man. There's like at least 150 of them. This just cracked my top oh, 10 for one. MCU. This is number 10 for me, for Marvel. Okay. Yeah. So, so you have 10 other superhero movies, like more than that? Well, I have nine other four. Oh, oh, you mean like 10 more plus than nine? Yeah, like that's not even including Dark Knight or Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. I, I'm sure that's there's a bunch. True. Do we count The Incredibles? Because The Incredibles beats it too. Oh, Incredibles counts, yeah. Incredibles. Uh, I would still put the Suicide Squad from this year. I, I have it uh, just a little bit higher. They're pretty similar, but uh, I have that one higher as well. So, yeah. Oh, uh, okay, sure. yeah. That's a good one. I'm what sure was the original Suicide Squad? <laughs> no, no, no. Probably not that one. Well, that's an Oscar award winning film, Quinn. That is true. That is true. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think the third act loses itself. I think, uh, you know, it. it it's in its own world at that point. They should have stuck to the first half. The first half is really fun. But uh, if you like action sequences or if you like, I don't know, Aquafina or something, uh, you, you, you'll like this movie. It's fun. I'm surprised you haven't seen it yet, Trist. Um, me and Hannah are going to watch it, so we haven't really gone around to it yet. Yeah. 
Yeah. Next time we meet up, Tristan, you'll have to tell me if it's in your, in your uh, top 20 superhero films. You're right. Guess there are lots of superhero films. Yeah, yeah. Quite a bit. But... You don't have to be pretty good to get in the top 20. Yeah, probably. But it, it is very good. Uh, I had a good time with it. Uh, I like the action. I like the bad guy. Uh, even the lead character, he's pretty fun. I liked him a lot. I wouldn't mind seeing him in, I don't know, 20 more Marvel films. Yeah, I'm sure we will. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good, though. I liked him. Uh, so, uh, you know, hopefully Aquafina doesn't return. Uh, she was painful, but, you know, it was fine. All you right. Like Aquafina's character? Uh, not in that movie, no. I feel like I was a defender when I watched some of her other movies from 2019, but uh, I'm, she's starting to lose me here. She's starting to lose me a little bit. Some of her jo- well, most of them did not land at all. I'll probably find them funny. Probably. People thought she was quite a hoot. Quite a hoot. The person behind me, oh my gosh, uh, laughed at every single line Aquafina said. I'm pretty sure... Big Aquafina fan. Yeah. Like... Only reason he went there was for Aquafina. <laughs> like, I think she... She realized that she wasn't on screen. Yeah, she was like, well, what the fuck is this bullshit yeah, with, like, the Ten Rings? I thought this was Aquafina. Yeah, he exclusively watches Aquafina. Yeah. Like, I think Aquafina was just like, oh, let's let's go on an airplane now. And the person behind me was like, oh, oh airplanes are a hoot. Yeah, they... Airplanes uh, <laughs> are a hoot. Yeah, they, they really lost it. It was, it was kind of frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's why... Honestly, maybe I liked Aquafina in the movie. It was hard for me to tell because I just fucking... Every time she was about to speak, I was getting angry because I knew the person behind me was going to freaking laugh at it. Yeah. I would hate that. <laughs> yeah, like... Maybe maybe that's why. Maybe on a rewatch, I'll appreciate her more. Yeah, maybe she really was great. <laughs> yeah, maybe she was a hoot. I, I have no idea. I'll have to I'll have to rewatch it. Maybe the second time you watch the movie, you'll be like the guy behind you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, those darn airplanes. That's a good point, Aquafina. There we go. Another thing that was trending this week, uh, surprisingly, uh, was this Blues Clues video, Tristan. Oh yeah, this blew up. Yeah, really blew up. And I, I watched it, it was good, but it was just a video. Like, people lost their mind. Yeah, this went viral. Yeah. Like, yeah I, it took me a while to... So if you explain what happened if you don't know, for people who don't know. Yeah, so the original actor that played Steve, they did a... Uh, on this article, 25 years since it first aired, but I thought it said 20-year anniversary on the... Uh, on the end of the video, but either way, uh, maybe I think it's twenty years. I think it was, he mentioned he the anniversary from when it ended, and yeah. there are twenty-five since it first started. Yeah, I think so too. So I think maybe he was there for five, exactly five, from what it looks like. But he just went on and kind of just started talking to all of his viewers that grew up with him as kids. And yeah, it was a, it was a pretty sweet video. It was a mm-hmm. cute video of him just. I don't know, reflecting on old times and saying he doesn't forget us and stuff. Uh, people ate that up, Tristan. I think people are just looking for a source of positivity in their life right yeah, now. Yeah, it was, it was very innocent. I like it. And it, it was definitely a heartwarming and feel-good message to specifically people who are probably around mine and Quentin's age, because I know we grew up with Blue's Sure. I freaking loved Blue's Clues when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, we had a dog named Blue when we were kids, because that's how much we loved Blue's Yeah, Clues. yeah, we named a dog after the show. Yeah, we absolutely loved it. And I always kind of wondered, what happened to Steve? You know what I mean? Yeah. Honestly, and you kind of hear what yeah. happened with the guy who played Barney and he got kicked out of the show because he swore or whatever, things like that. But you never hear what happened with Steve from Blue's Clues. Ends up, he just went to college, got a job. And yeah, he's just a normal kid. Joe. Pretty um, pretty normal life. Yeah, so I, I, I was surprised I like, in, this, yeah. in this video when he addressed people. Uh, the first thing was how young he looked. He looks good for his like, How old is he? Is he? I, that's what I'm like. Wait, is that is that Steve? Is that like the original Steve? Because yeah. I assumed he would look way older than he, he did. Yeah, I just whenever I think of actors and actresses that I knew when I was a kid, they're old as fuck now. So I just assumed this guy was old as well. But no, he looks crazy young. He, like if you told me he was 25, if you told me he was my age, I would have believed it. But obviously, yeah, he's probably realistic, like, he's probably close to like 35. I would say probably like 30, 35. What? No, he would be 45. But or if he's going to school at the end of the show, maybe he was only like 16 when he started it. Was he like a full adult when he started? Well, even if he was 16 and we were like two and four when we were watching it, he, he'd be... That's true. Yeah, he, he'd be close to 40 at least. 
Yeah, yeah, he has to be 40-something now. Right? He just yeah. looks good for his age. Yeah, no, he looks but great. Yeah, that's the thing. So he probably, I always assumed he was, like, 25 when he was doing it. But I'm Same. guessing he was probably only, like, like, like 16, 17 when he was yeah. doing it. At least when he started. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, he probably started around 60, and then about 21, 22 is when he stopped. He went to go to school, yeah. Yeah, yeah that sounds right to me. And then they got the new guy with the striped shirt to come in. Yeah, yeah, I like how I mentioned him. What was his name, Nick? He was like, and then I introduced you to my best friend, Nick, or something, and then I left. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, so what, were there episodes when it was Steve and Nick? Like, were there episodes when they were both on there together? Like, he introduced the audience to the new guy? No, I think the episode was the very first thing he was like, oh, hey, there's my friend, Nick. I, I gotta go now. And he just, like, like I think like just he just left. He, like, showed him and then left. I don't think they hung out. He just dips. <laughs> Steve just walked the hell out of our lives. <laughs> I want to and find that last episode. Dad can scroll it back to us when we're when we're old and successful. Yeah, yeah. I want to watch that final episode of him now. I, I, I don't remember how it went. I guarantee you, the guy Steve, the actual guy, is starting a podcast. All right, like like after this video blows up, this man is getting on on the gravy train now. This man's going to start a podcast or a YouTube channel or something. I, I feel that. like he's going to do one of those. If not, he's, I feel like he's also leaving money on the table if he doesn't. I can see that. Hey, hey, if he wants to do a podcast, he could be our third co-host, Trust. Yeah, let's bring him on. How cool would it be if we had Steve as our third co-host, our old-time yeah, hero? That would be super cool. That would be pretty sweet. I'd be down for that. So, uh, Steve, if you're listening, if you're one of our 30 listeners, which L would call a success uh, from Kissing Booth 2, uh, you're, you're welcome on. Uh, well, I would call this a success, Quentin. That's true. Yeah. Well, if we get Steve, that, that's a success. We right got there. Steve from Blue's Clues listening right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true i only need one listener tristan as long as it's steve i'm good to go that's that's all i need yeah the other 29 are just the cherries on top steve's the yeah, sunday yeah. just steve yeah that's all i need baby do you think the shirt he was wearing in this video is the same shirt he had on when in, in, in blue's clothes is that is that the striped shirt there's absolutely no way do you, but do you think he still has that shirt though no Really? You don't? Do you think he's kept anything from the time his his well, time? I'm on guessing the, show? the shirt is with like the show, right? Like when did the company have the shirt? A lot of times. Well, one, there's definitely more than one shirt. Um, right. and a lot of times the like, actors normally like steal like a you know a clothing or a prop or something from from a show or a movie they were on. And I think the guy after him had the blue striped shirt. Right? He had the green striped shirt, right? Yeah. Steve. And I think Nick had the blue striped shirt. Yeah, yeah, it's a different shirt. Yeah, he didn't take his wardrobe. Yeah, so I mean, at that point in time, he probably, he probably. You're right. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure they probably gave him one. But at the same time, if he's so. going to university and he's leaving Blue's Clues, like I don't know if he's just no. Gonna I don't think he really asked for it. it. I mean, he kind of just no, 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 no. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just saying. Like, do you think he like, like, would he really keep a shirt from a kids show that you were part of for a few years? Probably doesn't think it was that big. He of a must. Deal. He had to know at the time that he was leaving. Like, one, they've already done this for like five years. Just at that point. That's time. true. Blue's Clues is a that big this deal. show was a massive success. Yeah, that's a good. This point. show was was beyond a hit. Like, he had to know at that moment in time, this will probably be the most successful thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah, like, or at least one of. Or if this wasn't the most, this would be like the thing that got me my start to become even more successful. If this wasn't the most successful thing I'd done. Like, this was clearly a massive hit. That That's was good going point. to yeah. change his life. And, and Clues, and yeah, Clues a massive hit. Like, this went viral, and it's just some dude talking about him missing us. Like, it was... Yeah, Clues it was like a 30-second video. Yeah, Clues the show About a guy we've like, never yeah. met before, who's never met us, saying he misses us. Yeah, and, and, and it... It worked. Like the people really connected to the show. It was quite a phenomenon for like you know our childhood. Yeah, we loved it. Yeah, it kind of really, sort of an aside, but sort of still on the topic, right? We mentioned how when we were growing up, this was a massive show, right? Me and you grew up with Blue's Clues, and we loved it. And if, for those who don't know, what Blue's Clues is about it's about a dog and a man, Steve, who's that man, and an animated dog, and the dog will leave clues on things. By clues, it'd be like paw prints. And, and, and the paw prints will lead towards whatever blues was, Blue was doing that day. So it'd be like a paw print on a cake box. And then, you know, a paw print on the calendar. And then a mail will come in. It'll be an invitation to a party. And it ends up, it was Blue's birthday or whatever, right? And that's why the box of cake has paw prints on it and things like that. Those would be the kind of clues that you put together, right? They'd be fairly sim simple things. Or like a backpack and then like a pencil and then, like, a notepad, and it ends up because Blue is going to school the next day, and he was getting ready, right? It'd be things like that. Do you think this sort of show is sort of what gave this age group of ours, people born from, like, 
95 to 2000. This sort of interest in like detective work and spy, and that's why a few years later, Spy Kids became a really big franchise. You know what I mean? And that's why like Scooby Doo Blue had a, sort of another resurgence back then. Of course, Scooby Doo was big in the 80s, and they kind of came back in the early 2000s with the live action films. And Agent Cody Banks was big at the time, and they sort of had this whole big revitalization of like young kids spy themed movies. You know what I mean? Like Catch That Kid and Spy Next Door, and all these sort of like spy themed movies and detective themed movies around the early 2000s for kids our age to love. And we all ate that shit up. Spy Kids was a massive franchise. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Agent Cody Banks was huge when it came out. Do you think it's Blue's Clues was sort of like a predecessor to that? Because we grew up watching a show, learning about clues and figuring out pieces and clues. Like, this sort of led into this whole wave of of abnormally like young kids loving spies for some reason. So we're professional for us a lot. Yeah, I've never really thought of it until you've said that. I've never once connected Blue's Clues to the rest of it. I've always connected Spy Kids and Agent Cody and Banks. And Scooby-Doo and Agent yeah. Cody Banks. Now this yeah. big, you know, this new wave of early 2000s admiration for spy work. Yeah. <laughs> this sort of like, oh, we, I know Scooby-Doo is also a detective. But at the time, at least we never really figured out the difference between detectives and spies. It was all just people putting clues together to find crime, right? Yeah, I've never connected Blue's Clues to all that before. But yeah, I have contributed uh, Scooby-Doo and uh, the Spy Kid movies to the millennials' love of escape rooms and Knives Out was one of the top 10 That's a good, I didn't even think of, yeah, true, like coming up into the even future, right, with Escape yeah. Room and Knives Out. And now we're getting a lot of murder mysteries coming out now, right? Yeah, we're, we're getting, getting like two next year, a few more after that. Like we're getting a lot coming up. And then, yeah, I've always kind of known that millennials just love spies and solving clues and detective work like Sherlock or like young millennials older Gen Z people you know that's once again that's sort of 95 to 2000 age group people were born in that age group to now right they seem to have a love for that at least I know me and you did growing up but I still love you know mystery movies and and putting the puzzles together and and escape rooms and all those sort of things that I uh, you and I most definitely seem to really like that whereas the rest of our family might not like it as much as we do and maybe Blue's Clues is some sort of you know contributing factor to that yeah just our childhood minds just trying to figure out what the answer is yeah i've always had a love for mystery films i i think zodiac's great i think the knife out movie is great and we said when they announced knives out in two and three me and you were saying here on the podcast give us five give us six of these bad boys like we like mystery films are fun they're like a fun genre that they don't make that much anymore I would much rather watch a Knives Out sequel than a MCU or a DC film. Like I like I like mystery films. I think they're very fun. So yeah, I never contributed Blue's Clues to it, but I think you're right. I think that kind of was the start of all of our mindsets to solving all these clues. Yeah, it is kind of weird how like these puzzles that Blue's Clues had. Like I said, it was like super simple things, right? Like like the clues were on very obvious hints that went towards you know. Blue now has a pen pal in Spain or whatever, right? And we saw a postcard with a paw print on it. We saw, you know, a, a postcard from Spain, a picture from Spain with a paw print on it and things like that and pens with a paw print on it. And that's where he put it together. He has a pen pal from Spain. Uh, they're pretty simple, like three-step things, this, this, and this equal this. But it, it was probably enough to get kids, you know, two, three, four-year-old minds working, the age we were when we watched these shows, to start really, you know, thinking critically about putting pieces together and that sort of spun off into this abnormal love people have for mystery movies and even like those real real crime documentaries that are huge right now especially with you know it seems more so females our age seem to be really into those sort of true crime documentaries that are that are have always been big but there's most definitely a group of these young millennials early you know gen z people that are really interested have a grown up with a stark admiration for spies and detectives and mysteries and that kind of stuff yeah Um, that's steve might have been the, the originator of it. Go ahead there, Quinn. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, no, no, I was just going to say, and I think in a pretty stretched out way here, I think that's why Game of Thrones worked, at least for me, and I imagine for everyone else, was the mystery of, like, who's going to get the throne? Who's going to come out on top? I feel like a lot of these movies and shows that become phenomenons, aside from superhero films, this is kind of separate, but, like, anything else that kind of becomes big is sorted through the mystery or us trying to figure something out. Yeah, I think that's more of our demographic, what we like to what we like to watch. Yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, so I, I do think Blue's Clues played a, played, played a part to that. 
And even putting pieces together and trying to figure out what's going to happen, as you referenced with, with Game of Thrones, there's a little bit of that even with like the MCU, how they're all interconnected now, right? You can't have one isolated movie or story. They have to have purposely lead up to something bigger, something different, right? You have to all connect to things. Things that you bring up earlier in the film or earlier in the television show or earlier even in the episode of Blue's Clues have to lead into something that happens later. You can't just have frivolous information. Of course, that's all storytelling. That's not new or reinvented, and Blue's Clues never impacted that. But I think most definitely did impact the way our sort of mindsets, or at least mine and yours work, and possibly a lot of other people of our age group, where we always look for those hints that are dropped in the early half. We always look for those, what hints are they building on in the second, third, and how are those hints being used in the third act? Right? How are these hints harnessed and, 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 and given to us throughout the film? And when you watch a movie the second time, you look for those hints. You look for those clues. Right? You look for the paw prints on all, on all the things that matter in the second half of the film or in, later in the franchise even, on big, grossing franchises like the MCU. Right, The Tesseract that they introduced in the first Avenger plays a massive role in Avengers, and then it plays an even bigger role in Infinity War. Right, and These sort of clues they drop throughout the films add up. And Blue's Clues did that in the stupidest, most simplistic way possible. And maybe this massive love of Blue's Clues sort of led into this. Yeah, no, I always thought foreshadowing is one of my favorite techniques used in films. And there you go. We can blame Blue's Clues for that. Blue's Clues is the reason why Game of Thrones is successful, Tristan. We can... Basically what we're saying yeah, all comes down to is that. all of the MCU has a Steve to thank. <laughs> Um, <laughs> to be fair, I, I agree with most part we say. I don't think the MCU is too mysterious. No, I, 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 I mean, that's definitely a stretch. Yeah, they would have been successful without Steve. I think a lot of the other big things, like I think our love for Knives Out or Escape Rooms or Game of Thrones, like the mystery of solving. Even Spy Kids story. being as big as it was. Yeah, yeah, I think all those can definitely, uh, you know, give a little nod to Steve here as an appreciation. I think the, another reason why I never really thought about this is I don't think I always think I assumed that Blue's Clues was like a show that me and you loved. I don't think I really knew that Blue's Clues was such a big hit. Yeah, you know what I mean. I knew it was like successful, but I, I always assumed other shows were just as big. I always put it on par with like Bob the Builder and stuff. But they've brought Bob the Builder back numerous times. It's just no one gives a crap about Bob the Builder. You know what I mean? They did that with a lot. You know, or even like Teletubbies and stuff. Well, I think Teletubbies is probably a little more on par with with Blue's Clues. Yeah. But I, I never knew how big of a hit this show was. Yeah, this week definitely reminded me that Blue's Clues was way bigger than I thought. I thought it was just me and you having our own uh, personal love for it. But yeah, it seems like everybody grew up with this, and I think that's what made it so big. I, I also think the fact that there was never a remake for Blue's Clues, I think that also helped too, because it just really relied on nostalgia now, just... There sort of were like there was a yeah, yeah there's like at least a sequel show called Blues World that was around when Hayden was a kid. Oh, now Hayden's younger brother is about six years younger, and that was on when he was very young. But it wasn't on when Jada, our youngest child sibling, uh, she's about twelve years younger than me, so six years younger than Hayden. No Blues Clues stuff was on when she was a kid. So there, yeah. there's been a big gap since then. It's on. Um, yeah, and I think that helps too with the nostalgia. Like, I, I don't think we've heard of the word Blues Clues for about 10 years. And I think that really made it more impactful. I think I so. Think. I think that struck a chord. People forgot yeah. about it. And then this sort of deep-seated memory everyone had, yeah. right? And they recognize his face. Even though he looks younger than I expected, you recognize his face immediately. He's wearing the shirt and he has a background, the same background as the show. And it sort of struck a chord with people. Yeah. And I do hope that there are a lot of media, you know, like studios and stuff paying attention to this and not that they go and reboot Blue's Clues or the Game of I feel Blue's like that's Clues what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, although I guarantee you it's going to happen yeah. now. I hope more so this looks at kids programming because I think Blue's Clues, at the end of the day, it was a big hit and it was a successful show, but it was also a good show, right? They actually gave, as we already mentioned, actual plots to these episodes where things happen in stages. There's beginning, middle, and end each of these kids' episodes. They weren't like the Teletubbies. Where it was moving blobs going blah, 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 blah across a screen for 30 minutes, right? It, 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 they have actual care and effort put into these episodes. I think a lot more than a lot of the shows at the time did. And even shows nowadays, I think, especially with, you know, Coco Melon being the bread and butter of children's television now, apparently, according to Netflix. Like, that doesn't have anywhere near the care and thought that Blue's Clues had put into it. And I don't think this is really just nostalgia speaking here. I think there's more so just looking at the formatting of the shows. Right, Blue Clues had a plot and it had a format that it followed every episode. It was pretty simple, but at least there was something there. You know, beginning, middle, and end. They introduced characters with, you know, salt and pepper and their baby paprika, and you know, the mailman and the mailbox and all kind of stuff. There's 
I feel there's a little more to the show than kids shows nowadays, or even kids shows at the time, like Bob the Builder, I felt was a lot simpler than the Blue's Clues and things like that. That I feel like, I think like if you make an actual good show for kids, it can provide a lot in the future, like this massive viral tweet, or like you know the surgeons of all spies and detective films and stuff targeted at kids at the time. I, I think if you put more care and effort into kids shows uh, than people are currently, even though kids will like the shows the same. The, crappy ones and and the ones with lots of effort put into it right after blues clues i'll put on teletubbies you know what i mean like, i didn't care as a child children don't care but i think in the long run they'll remember the ones that were good you know they'll look back on the blues clues with with more fond memories than they look back on on you know into the night garden or teletubbies or all these other just awfully terribly made kids shows that have no actual substance to them and, and i think i think that matters i think that should matter i think like most studio companies don't care because kids shows are cheap and they should be cheap, and they make money, uh, but they should be good still. And it's non Kids deserve better than what they're getting. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I, I think Blue's Clues was pretty solid. I, and watching the video, I think the one time where I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like my childhood was when he mentioned Salt and Pepper because I completely forgot they existed until he said those names, and I immediately was like, "Oh my gosh!" I loved those guys. Yeah, they were so cool. So yeah, yeah. it's just cool how you like have these deep-seated memories that you don't even think of anymore it's cool yeah exactly yeah so no it was a cool video Uh, i was shocked it went as viral as it did but uh, i'm kind of glad it did because i don't know if i ever would have found it otherwise yeah yeah exactly yeah probably would have went over my head if that was the case but uh you know a little different than blue here uh we got venom 2 have you heard of a lot of the changes they've been going through the last week or so I think they just pulled it forward. They pushed it back because they're like, oh, yeah. people already watched the theaters yet. Let's push it back. And they saw Shang-Chi did really good. Like, oh, that movie's doing really good? All right, let's pull it forward now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they were like, all right, well, screw it. Oh, I guess we'll push it forward. So it's now coming out in like three weeks' time. Man, uh, that, that, that's exciting, I guess. Uh, but they also announced a few more pieces of information here. It is PG-13, Tristan. Wasn't the first one? Yeah, it was it, the first one was PG thirteen as well, so uh, we all assumed it was going to be the same rating here. So nothing crazy groundbreaking. I do think, uh, you know, I think Venom being PG thirteen is a joke, but you know, uh, the first one was, so they can't really change it now. And then uh, the last piece of information, which was surprising to me, Tristan, is that Venom two is ninety minutes long. They announced the runtime. Oh, I like that. I love that. Thank God, because every superhero movie is way too long. Unless, like, they're oh, too long. Yeah. yeah. They're, if they're good, then they feel justified. Like, Dark Knight is very long, um, and it's, it drinks sometimes, but as a whole, uh, you know, it's worthy of that runtime. Even Endgame, which is three hours, which is painful, but it does go through a lot, and they show a lot of characters. Like, that makes sense. But, like, man, even Chang-Chi uh, was way too fucking long. Like, Superhero films are way too long, man. And so 90 minutes, uh, the one reason I'm excited for Venom 2 is at least it's going to be short. I am not excited for this at all. I think it's going to be terrible. And but at Woody least Harrelson. I love Woody Harrelson. Yeah, yeah, Woody Harrelson's great. Uh, and yeah, yeah, you're right. I- I'm excited to see him. He- he's a kooky actor. I really like him. So yeah, And Connor seems like it could be a fun role for him. Yeah, but it's PG-13. He's not going to be able to do much, to be honest. Yeah, you're right. Can you imagine Woody Harrelson as Carnage in an R-rated film? Imagine Carnage in an R-rated movie with as Woody Harrelson. Oh, Tristan, it would be great. Like, if this was R, my hype for this film would be way higher. Like, if it was R, it'd be great. So, uh, but 90 minutes. Honestly, Tristan, even if this movie sucks, which I think it will, at least it's 90 minutes. So I'm going to have a good time either way. I think so, too. Yeah. Like, the first one was too long. So I'm glad that they shortened it. Um, I, I'm fine with 90 minutes. I, I heard people say, oh, well, like, maybe it's not that good because it's only 90 minutes. Like, since when, like, because every Marvel movie is two and a half hours to three hours long, if it's an hour and a half, it, it, people are now worried that's going to be bad. Maybe they realize that they shouldn't have a bunch of stinker scenes in it like every other Marvel film, or sorry, superhero film. DC's worse for this. Um, but yeah, I'm glad they're shortening it. Every superhero film should be 90 minutes if it's an origin story or a sequel, unless it's like a big event. Uh, I agree, yeah. Save the longer films for the big... Origin stories should be 90 minutes. Yeah. 
that was one of my biggest issues with the last half of Chang Shi. Is I, I was like, man, I, I could snooze during these scenes. These mean nothing to me. Like I don't give a crap. Uh, the, they should have had the first half and then like kept like twenty minutes of the last half. Like I feel like they really start to drag out a bit for some of these movies. But uh, ninety minutes is a sweet spot, man. I think they should do this more often. I agree completely. I remember when I still remember when Mortal Kombat timely came out, and it was like just over two hours, and people were complaining it was too short. Look, are you kidding me? Two hours is too short. They wanted to be like a three to four hour film, like freaking Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'm like, what? Nutty. People are crazy. Ah, uh, yeah. I people have this stigma that only crappy Netflix films and comedies can be ninety minutes. Uh, I think most good movies are relatively short. Like yeah. Grand Budapest Hotel is 140 is uh, an hour and 40 minutes and that is perfect. I don't want anything else. That's good enough for me. I think 100 I think 90 minutes to like 105 minutes. That's that's my favorite spot for me because I can throw it on. It's less than 2 hours. Yeah, for me it's the below 2 hour mark. That that that's that's where I draw it. It's sub 2 hours is what I want. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, that, that, that's a good point as well. I I think for, like, it depends on the genre. Like, yeah, I think blockbusters under two hours is good, but, like, if it gets to, like, a romance or a comedy, uh, if, if it's over an hour and 35 minutes, I'm, I'm almost tapping out. I don't need to laugh that long. Yeah, comedies and even horror movies. Yeah, yeah horror is another good one. Yeah. And family films is another one. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a lot of genres I prefer to have that shorter length. Um yeah, maybe that's why I like the Coen's Tristan. Only one Coen film is over two hours. Yeah, and the only genre I really give, you know, leeway for being over two hours, unless it's a massive ensemble cast, regardless of genre, is probably biopics. Only yeah. because I can understand, like, it's different cutting out important information in a true story about someone's life that happened. Because now you're taking things out that actually happen to matter, right? But when you're cutting things out of a scripted film, I feel like you could probably do it. Right? It's a script. You're writing it. You can choose how long and short you want to make it. But in a real story that you're trying to tell, it can be really tough to take out actual important pieces of information um, without hampering the film. So uh, the, the biopics is the one genre I give credit. Like, I, I give leeway for being as long or short as you need to make it. Or even, uh, not even biopics that are based on, like, true characters, but even just, like, Scarface. Like, char- like a character study. I feel like like growing with the character you know i'm sure there's badly told films that are long as heck about like a character study but i feel like for the most part like scarface is two and a half hours long uh but you really grow into his character and same with i i saw gandhi for the oscar rewind podcast and uh that's three hours long and that's also based on a true person and honestly, I liked it. I actually didn't mind the length because it really felt like I truly got to know Gandhi after that movie. Like I felt like that was like a really great experience. Uh, so yeah, I feel like growing with somebody, like it really feels like you're walking in their life. Uh, and so I feel like the length for those feel pretty justified. I feel like I never once thought, ah, oh, that's too long. Um, which I feel like I say, I, I think I said for Gandhi on the podcast, uh, a little too long. And yes, yeah, so sometimes they feel long, but for the most time, uh, I feel like it, feels justified i don't feel like they yeah it, it feels justified and i understand that it can be hard to make it shorter yeah no exactly uh so you know i agree with those um and i feel like i guess i'm biased because i think every scorsese film is almost three hours and i've never once had an issue with it i feel like if you just have a lot to tell then fine you, like if you, if you have a justifiable reason to have three hours like if you have a lot to show for this character or story you're doing, and that's fine. Uh, I just feel like, uh, like you know, no, no offense to comic book movies, but I feel like most superhero films is just a guy has powers and fights people, which is fun to watch. I like watching them, but I feel like it doesn't justify three hours. I kind of get the gist of it for 90 minutes. Like I feel Yeah, like, I agree. Yeah. I don't understand why it takes two to three hours to tell the same story. Yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. Like, if it's a unique story, a cool experience, I'm down for, like, a three-hour ride. Any runtime can be justified if the movie's good. I don't care about how long the film is. I care about how bored I am during the film. There's a difference. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, it's... Like, we're we're making all these, like, excuses, like, oh, John horror comedy uh, too long but yeah you're right as long as if you, you know yeah those are just general rules of thumb yeah 
It just I tends agree. to be like, yeah, uh, common things I've noticed. But at the end of the day, if it's a good film that is told well, then the length shouldn't be much of an issue. Like, uh, yeah, I do like, exactly. yeah, I think it's funny how 2019 both had Irishman and Endgame, which were close to the same length, but people were like, oh my gosh, this Irishman movie on Netflix is over three hours. That's crazy. But they'll, they'll watch Endgame like three times in one week. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just <laughs> depends on what people enjoy. Uh, the length is arbitrary, really. Uh, because it's, you know, Irishman and Endgame were pretty similar lengths. True. Irishman was still, you know, I'm sugarcoating it. It was like probably 40 minutes longer, but still, uh, they're both over three hours. Yeah, they're both over three hours. Yeah, they're, they're both a good chunk. Uh, nothing to snooze at. But uh, honestly, I'm, uh, you know, I, I believe I put on my Instagram that uh, Venom is my least excited film left of the year. I do stand corrected. The 90 minute length and the fact that I forgot that Sing 2 is coming out this year. Uh, Venom is definitely not my least anticipated. It's it's my second least. So there you go, Venom. You killed it. Yeah, there we go. Uh, another thing that's interesting. Speaking of horror films, Tristan, Halloween Kills is going to premiere on Peacock. Oh, like day and date in, as yeah. it is in theater? Yeah, so yeah, you, you can watch it on Peacock. There you go, baby. There we are. Yeah. For, all, for those four of you that have Peacock. Yeah, exactly. Um... So, you know, a, a little interesting that Peacock is now trying to do the day-to-day release. We'll see how that goes for him. I feel like people forget they exist. I did until you mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, another thing that came out in the last uh, week or so is a bunch of film festivals have been going out, Tristan. So we've been getting tons of trailers for all of the new Oscar contender films. I'm sure you've seen all of them. I haven't seen any. That is a shocker. No, I'm kidding. But, um, Very on brand, huh? Yeah. And a lot of the reviews have come out for a lot of these movies. You can kind of tell already what the critics are excited about and what they aren't. Uh, is it a shocker for anyone trusting that the critics are not excited for Last Night in Soho? Uh, I don't know. I don't even know what it's about. I don't even know what genre it is. So, I know there are two women on the poster. <laughs> um, I'm assuming it's a horror. <laughs> Uh, or at least horror-esque, although yeah. I feel it'll be more artsy-fartsy than actually scary, but that's okay. Uh, which made me assume that critics generally don't like horror films. Yeah. But sometimes certain ones break through, like Get Out was, of course, very well-received. Um, I But just, you know, hearing you rave about the silent trailer or whatever made me assume it was going to be more artsy-fartsy. And typically something just artsy and fartsy. Uh, critics just kind of like it. Yeah, it's very stylized because it's an Edgar Wright film. But... That's what it is. It's still like an Edgar Wright film. Like, it's artsy in the same way that Scott Pilgrim vs. the World or Baby Driver is. Yeah, that's true. Edgar Wright's never really been, like, an off. Yeah. No, I think he got two nominations. It was for sound design and sound mixing for Baby Driver, and I think that was it. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, which are both pretty, uh, you know, worthy nominations. Yeah, this isn't going to get any noms. It seems like the critics don't like it. Uh, but I still don't care. I'm not phased by the least. They can hate it all they want. I knew this wasn't for them. This is for me, baby. This is my movie. Yeah. That's right. Edgar Wright made it just for you. Yeah, I think he said, yeah, I think he probably messed me. He's like, oh, man, you're gonna, I made this just for you, baby. Uh, it's going to have your name on the front. Like, this is dedicated to Quentin. Yeah. I can't wait. Um, but there was a new trailer that dropped for Last Night in Soho, and I have not seen it, because I've heard that it actually, like, reveals a lot about the film. And Tristan, I, I'm doing a Tristan strategy here. I'm not going to watch a trailer for once in my life, because I'm already sold. Uh, I'm so excited for this movie. I don't need to see it. I know I'm going to see it. Yeah. You're already buying the ticket, so, so yeah. the trailers are irrelevant. Yeah. I normally don't watch trailers for, like, blockbusters, because to me, the blockbuster trailers are all the same. Loud noises and, like, quick cuts, a joke at the end of the trailer. Uh, they're, yeah, they're all about the same, so I don't watch those. But, like, this is the first time I'm specifically avoiding a trailer because, like, I'm super stoked and I don't want to ruin the experience. Like, I'm sold on this. Um, but, yeah, apparently it reveals a lot. It reveals so much that Edgar Wright made a tweet where he said... If you're excited for this already, don't watch the trailer. You don't, you don't, you don't need to watch it if you already want to watch it. But like, if you still are in between, uh, check this trailer out. Like, I, I think Edgar Wright isn't too excited about how much this trailer shows, apparently. I'll have to watch it after the movie. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to watch it. I'm, I'm already sold on it. Yeah, you should watch the original. You should watch the first trailer, Tristan. It shows nothing. I ain't watching shit. 
Okay, well, you know, that, that was me trying at least. But Unless I go to the theaters and it happens to be on. Okay, there you go. That works. Yeah, I mean, that now that's my... part of the experience. That's true. You know? Yeah, that was my first time watching the new Eternals trailer. When I saw Chang-Chi, I saw the Eternals trailer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is exactly what uh, Blockbuster trailers. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Um, yeah, it, it, same formula and format every time. So, you know, it, it looks good. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm down to see it. But uh, this is a pretty fun story. I'm sure you've heard of this one. Uh, the dentist offering free cleanings to those that can beat him in Smash Bros. Ultimate. What a good, wholesome story. I have heard of this one. Yeah. Yeah, the story is that hilarious. Um. But that, that just lets me know that this guy is down for business. Like, you, you, like, I think it's to bring in business to have people think they can beat him, and then when they lose, they have to pay. Uh, this guy's probably, like, a champ. Oh, he's going to be really good. He's going to absolutely stomp you. Do you want to know the rules to his challenge? So, when you play, it is a 1v1 showdown. Three stocks, no items, no final smashes, and it is the tournament stages that are selected for the tournaments. You can only choose out of those. Yeah, just tournament rules. Yeah, so he, yeah, so this guy means businessman. He is not fucking around. Oh yeah, if you want to beat him, you got to beat him. All right, you ain't getting lucky with with a couple powerful items and a smash ball. All right, you got to you got to beat this guy. You can't just throw a pokeball and hope you get freaking Blastoise or something. Yeah. And uh, reading this article here, the do- uh, the dentist uh, apparently has been heavily involved in Smash Ultimate before because over the summer he had a tournament and uh, all of his patients got to compete and whoever won got $250 to uh, Amazon. This guy just seems great. He yeah. seems like a real fun he guy. He just really likes Smash Bros, man. <laughs> He's just a dentist that also really enjoys Super Smash Bros. <laughs> you know what? Good for him. Yeah, I like that. He put his two passions together. Uh, that's Look, awesome. he's found a way to play Super Smash Bros. and get paid for it while not quitting his job, all right? This guy's done what so many other people have tried to do. He's living the dream, man. He is living the dream. Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought that was great. Uh, one final story here, uh, which I'm sure you haven't heard of. Uh, this hasn't really been going viral, but I did see it. And I feel like we're the kind of guys that are here to discuss this, all right? And... It was the McDonald's manager uh, coming out here uh, in an interview to discuss who Grimace is. You remember Grimace from the old Ronald Wait, wait, wait but you said a McDonald's manager? Like just a regular man? Uh, let me get the actual here, uh, thing here. So uh, from what I'm reading here, it is just a manager. And it was the he was interviewed because he won manager of the year for the McDonald's for the corporation. Oh, so he's just a really good manager. So he's just a really good one. He's still one. He's just a manager. Uh, so I'm sure his interpretation of who Grimace is is wrong, and that's what we're here to discuss. Right? He's just a manager. He he does not have a podcast. He doesn't think about these things. But according to him, do you want to know what Grimace is? Of course, of course, I do. According to just some random Joe Schmo manager, he's just a giant taste bud. Oh. So he's he's a giant taste bud, huh? Yeah. There's different ways you can take this, because back in 2012, the McDonald's Twitter handle, like the the McDonald's Corporation, made out a tweet that said, Grimace is the embodiment of a milkshake. So there's uh, some conflicting stories here on who Grimace really is. Okay, well, I got up the McDonald's wiki. All right, and it says here, now this is, of course, not official. All right, this is just the wiki. Grimace is a large public character debuted in 1971 as Evil Grimace. He was bad guy at first, Quentin. And it was he would steal milkshakes and pops. So he kind of feels like, you know, the sidekick to the hamburger. Hamburger steals the burgers. This man steals the milkshakes and pop. But Which then makes they, uh, sense, because Grimace is a pretty, like, evil name, right? It does not sound like a happy name. It's true. Yeah, Grimace is not a good... You're right. But he was reintroduced in 1972 as one of the good guys. He used to also have four arms. He used to have two pairs of arms, man. Oh, my gosh. That's, that. that's, was that back when he was evil? Yeah. 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 But then also for a bit when he was good, then they got rid of them. Okay. So yeah, that would um, definitely look evil. Yeah, I mean, my personal favorite character 
of them was probably Mayor McCheese. Yeah, Mayor All right, McCheese but, but, but we're here to figure out who Grimace is. Is he a taste bud? Is he a milkshake? Or is there a third option here, Tristan? Okay, I'm going back to the Grimace paragraph now. Let's see, let's see, if, this, let's see if this says. I th- okay, so Grimace is just a big purple uh, blob-looking thing, right? Yeah. Okay, so, but all the other ones, all so all the other characters, right? You got, of course, Ronald McDonald. He's the clown. He's just the icon. But then you got the Hamburglar, right? He's a walking He's hamburger. a burglar, and he has a hamburger for a head. Or at least I think he traditionally did. And then you got, like, Mayor McCheese. And then you got a uh, Officer Big Mac. And then you got Fry Kid. So you see, they're all based after foods. Except for... Ronald McDonald, Grimace, and also a uh, Birdie the Eagle Bird. Yeah. Yeah, the, the girl. I thought maybe she, like, Look, represented a mop, because she's all, like, she's got, like, that moppy hair, right? Why would McDonald's want a mop to be represented? I thought she was, like, a chicken and for the <laughs> McNuggets, but she's an eagle. Yeah, that's true. That's a bit different. Well, um, you know, it's American. Of course they have to have an eagle. Come on, Trist. Right. Oh, and there's also all the like random colored things. You remember yeah. like the random colored circles? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't really know what those are. So Grimace is like a like a cone shaped purple thing. He's like a cylinder, like a circle. You know, it's like a cone, right? Like a triangle, but round. Yeah, like a teardrop. Yeah, but with legs and arms. Yeah, he's pretty useless. Yeah. Yeah, just a bit. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of what he is. And there's no one else in these McDonald's characters that look like. So do you think like he's like, like the rest of them all kind of the same physical physique, like you know the hamburger and mac cheese, birdie, birdie the bird. Uh, but but Grimace is very different. Could he be an alien of sorts, or could he be like adopted? Maybe. Well, he did go from four arms to two arms, so he's kind of like Stitch. He's like trying to hide among the humans. Like, I think wherever this town is, I think Grimace moved there. I don't think Grimace is native to this. <laughs> this would be a wild town, though, if there's somebody walking with a cheeseburger on his head. Uh, the freaking mayor, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Show some respect, Quentin. He's an elected official. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got some title to him. Uh, yeah, Grimace. So he has to be at least something at McDonald's, right? Like he has to be based on something at McDonald's. And so far, we got taste buds and milkshake. Yeah. No. See, I think the milkshake was just coming off the fact that he used to steal milkshakes. Yeah, I think I think that's what it was too when he said that. And probably, uh, I think the milkshake's probably a pretty good guess as to who he is. Um. Because the milkshakes have been around ever since, like, have been there for a while. They've been there from the very start. And it's kind of hard to, like, personify liquid. So maybe they just thought, oh, it looks like a drop of a liquid. Maybe that's what they were going for. But, um, yeah, I definitely don't think it's a taste bud. I think I think that uh, I, manager of the year, man, the, the McDonald's has gone down the toilet if uh, that's what we have as our top competitors here. I'm looking up pictures of taste buds and see if maybe he looks like a taste but taste buds are just bumps on your tongue. Yeah. So yeah, all the pictures are just people sticking their tongues out. Yeah. So I think it's safe to say the dude is not a taste bud. Um, you know, I guess he's really good at being a manager. But he's not very good at guessing who our iconic characters are. Don't have him guess who Blue's Clues is. He'd butcher it. He'd have no idea. <laughs> yeah. No clue. Uh, yeah, uh, sure. I'm, I'm fine with milkshake. Do we got any other? Do we got any better guesses here, Tristan? Mm. Is he a personification of Greece? Since Grimace sounds close to Greece, and he's like the bad guy. I I think I might be on to something here. Let me see. I'm doing some research. Okay, all right. Tristan's cracking the code here. H R puffin stuff. Puff and Stuff is a television show. Tristan's deep in the webs now. I figured out the person who originally played Grimace. I figured if somebody's gonna know, it's this man. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna know more about than some random manager. Exactly. Going back to the original. 
We're gonna figure this one out here, Quinn. <laughs> like you say, we. This is all you, man. Here, you're in the webs. Here, you got it. This is gonna haunt Tristan. He's gotta know who Grimace is. I don't think this man ever had a Twitter account. <laughs> oh no. Which would have helped, you know? I don't think I can find it. He was also in Scooby Doo, though. He was. Whoa. He is also the original voice of Scrappy Doo. The more you know. That is pretty crazy. What though, a legend. No Scrappy idea. Doo and Grimace? He's a legend, man. Yeah, He's yeah. not at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that man lived a full life. All right, Tristan, we have a verdict. Do we know who Grimace is, or are we just going to stick to uh, the taste bud theory? Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> I'm trying to connect this. I'm trying to figure it out, but there's a lot to this. Yeah. Tristan's going to wake up one night. We He's going to wake up and be like, oh my gosh, I got it. I got it. Grimace is He's a waterfall. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just going to figure it out one day. Uh, next podcast, uh, he'll start off the podcast letting us know who Grimace really is. It'll be a cliffhanger here, Trist. Just got to find my red, my red yarn first. Connect the dots. <laughs> yeah, start connecting it all together. That's what I mean, Tristan. It's Blue's Clues all over again. Uh, we grew up wanting to figure it out. Oh, Captain Crook has attempted to steal the filet fish Grimace tries to steal the milkshakes and soda pop. Captain Crook tries to steal the filet fish Ah, gotcha. Everything's trying to be stolen at McDonald's. The security must be awful. Yeah, yeah, it must be terrible. But, um, anyways, that's everything on my end. Anything else you wanted to discuss here, Tristan? Anything new going with you? No, man. <laughs> Tristan's like, I'm going to figure out this Grimace thing once and for all. Well, now I'm just confused about Grimace. Yeah, who is this guy? He's he's a he's a mystery man. Is he a taste bud? That's the question. Taste he... bud or milkshake? Is he both? Can it be both? I don't know. Who knows in the world where a mayor is a cheeseburger? And no one knows. But uh, that's everything on my end. Have a fantastic day, guys. See ya.